0: Welcome to the Mission Formation Podcast. Hope you're having a great day. On today's episode we have John Noltener. John is a gifted storyteller and has worked across four continents gathering stories of human courage. John is also a journalist and a photographer. In the middle of the pandemic, John and his wife sold their house of 20 years, bought an RV and now travel the country gathering stories of hope, courage and and healing, for their project, A Piece of My Mind. Enjoy. Hey, welcome to the Missional Formation podcast. It's so good to have you here. I hope you're doing well wherever you are in the world. On today's episode, we have got a really fascinating friend of ours called John Noltener, um, an American he has an amazing story and a heart for reconciliation based over in the States. John, how are you?
1: I'm doing well, Mark. Thanks. Uh, thanks so much for having me.
0: Oh, it's great. To, it's great to have you. I just realized when I asked you how you were, I spoke one time over in the States and I asked people, how are you? And this American guy <laughs> came up after and he said, I love your accent, dude. However, Even the words, I love you, sound like a threat from someone from Northern Ireland. (laughs) That's interesting because
1: I've heard someone also say that if you say certain four-letter words, they sound just beautiful and and enticing (laughs) coming with that Northern Irish accent.
0: It does. But like the words, I love you, they sound like a threat, you know? So, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, one of the things that, I was really excited to talk to you. You've just this heart for reconciliation and and you actually we have a few connections in northern Ireland.
1: Yeah, you know, I have I have um taught at a retreat center here in Washington state called Holden Village and yeah. a few years ago uh there was a lovely soul uh Padre Gotuma uh, yeah. Who I know has done work at Cori Mila, just down the road yeah. from you, and so
0: yeah.
1: got to know Padrig and some of his work, as well as his cod uh, his colleague uh, Glenn Jordan, who's who's no longer on this earth, but um, yeah. some lovely folks who've done some great work there at Cori Mila.
0: Yeah, yeah, Someday I know. Pa- I'm
1: going to make it there. I hope.
0: Oh, you'll have to come. Well, we live quite close to you. We just live around the corner, and uh, I know Porag and Poreg, he he does amazing work around the spirituality of conflict. If anyone wants to look him out as podcast or as poetry, and uh, he he just because any type of conflict always has a type has a spirituality attached to it, whether we like to admit it or not. And Poreg's really great at that stuff. And Corey Milia, uh, as you say, John, is just it's been a centre for reconciliation. From well, I used to go there as a kid, and mm. uh, it's. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's just a beautiful place. And it's funny because, like, when I was growing up, I always thought, you know, why could Northern Ireland not be like the rest of the world and be peaceful? And now I really have a thought that why can the rest of the world not be like Northern Ireland? Mm. <laughs> you know, we, sort of, we became the normal society. And, uh, you know, with so much conflict and so much um, uh, division going on, you know, around the world, and especially in the States. And that leads, you know, just to the conversation with you today, John. Do you want to say something about your story and your background?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, you know, I've spent my career as a freelance photographer shooting for national magazines and Fortune 500 companies. But, mm-hmm. but a dozen years ago, I became increasingly concerned with the, the quality of our national dialogue and all Mm. of the things that ask us to look at what divide us and I I wondered what would happen if I used my skill set my photography and my storytelling instead uh to try to remember what connects us and so Mm. in in a very simple way started this multimedia arts project where I would sit down with people from all different backgrounds and interview them and photograph them and the conversations were built around uh the simple or not so simple question what what does peace mean to you? Mm-hmm. So over the years, you know, we've we've produced uh, now three books, and we've uh, we've produced four traveling exhibits, and we bring these stories around not to tell people the secret meaning of peace, but to encourage them to uh, folks to participate in the conversation, to realize that if there are challenges in the world, uh, we all own those challenges, and if there's going to be solutions we'll all have to work together to find those solutions
0: love it amazing and just recently about is it a year or so you've took a you took quite a drastic step life change
1: (laughs) yeah yeah you could say that my um my well of course we built all of our work for a piece of my mind around public programming and of course the pandemic disrupted that and we found ourselves uh with a little time on our hands and we realized until the programming can come back, maybe we could just focus on gathering new stories. And so my mm-hmm. wife, Karen, and I uh, decided to sell our house of 20 years uh, mm-hmm. where we raised our family and we bought an RV, maybe a caravan. If I'm in Northern Ireland, I'd call mm-hmm. it that. And we, yeah. we hit, we hit the road. And so we've been crossing the United States uh, gathering stories of people who are finding creative solutions to some of our most challenging issues, you know, so issues of race and immigration and climate change and uh, politics and homelessness and and all of these things. We're just trying to wade into the middle of it and find folks who believe that something better is possible, amplify Mm. those voices so we can use those as our as our model for how to move forward,
0: mm. and where does where does this come from? And say you this deep, this pattern for <laughs> like being crazy and like, you, know, great you know reconciliation.
1: In 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 uh, in our newest book, there's a passage where I write that there's a fine line as you're as you're following your your dream. There's a fine line between foolish and visionary, and I'm <laughs> I'm not I'm yeah. not I always found beauty and wisdom in all of the people that i encountered and so it pained me when i saw folks um, driving that wedge of division it yeah. it it wounded me when i saw people disparaging other groups that included people who i knew and loved yeah and so 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 i think that really created this this desire to do something about it and not not that I really understood what I could do, but mm-hmm. um, but I understood that I could start. And just step by step, we've sort of figured out a way to use these stories to engage communities, to, um, to build connection, you mm-hmm. know, to build relationship. And at the end of the day, I think all of this stuff around reconciliation and peace and, 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 and forgiveness, all of this is rooted in connection. And relationship and and I think we all desire it but we don't always have the tools to access it and Mm -hmm. I found that this arts project could offer communities the tools to access that sort of connection and so although it started small we kept seeing these little examples of success and it encouraged me to keep going and keep going and now it's Along no. the way, there are three audiences that I want to reach. And the first is myself, because every time mm-hmm. I engage in one of these conversations, I wind up learning so much for myself. The second audience is the person that I'm interacting with, because when I interview people, I want them to leave that experience feeling like they've been heard and seen and valued, because I think that's such a powerful experience in our lives and then the third audience is the larger public because i figure if Mm -hmm. if i can learn something out of this i think that the bigger world can too about Mm -hmm. about seeing across divides about encountering difference and challenging our own expectations and um being willing to see things in a new way
0: Mm -hmm. and what type of learnings have you had in the last year particularly from oh
1: man uh you know, we've we've engaged with so many complicated issues. And, and this is one of the downsides of a of a a high level uh, view of a project like this, you know, I could Mm -hmm. sit along the border and tell stories about immigration. Mm -hmm. uh, Until I retire, I could sit in our southern states and talk about race until uh, until I'm done with my working career. Um, But what's also interesting is that as you travel, from issue to issue as you engage across these different things you start to see these these threads that connect all of the issues and so Mm -hmm. what i've what i've begun two big lessons that i've learned in this last year one is that we're all a little bit more vulnerable than we ever uh understood
0: Yeah. yeah
1: you know that 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 little turns of events, the, this pandemic, uh, a turn of the economy, whatever, can impact us uh, quickly and in ways that we didn't really expect. Um, yeah. And the second is that we're all more deeply connected than we ever uh, are willing to admit. And I think mm-hmm. as, I, as I encounter these folks, these are the common threads that I see across these issues. And if we can if we can listen to the folks who are finding creative solutions um, if we can find ways to leverage those and and amplify those I think we'll all do a little better.
0: Yeah I just wonder your perspective on you know we're coming out of an age of old par before the internet where you know you you rallied as many people as you could to your cause and you know the, the way our democracies work and we're and we're moving towards more of a, a new power with the internet where um, things are a lot more democratised and movements form very quickly. Um, and the whole way of we participate in things as society and politics, faith, you know, all those big subjects, even education is changing. Um, what like what patterns do you see emerging towards reconciliation in the future um, with with movements and 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 the way that we can, you know, like, I love what you're saying because I've always, I used to, you know, a big part of me was writing of word across the world in different places. And in the in the old days in Northern Ireland, when things were really bad, we used to take uh, Protestant kids and Catholic kids to like the west of Ireland, a place called Donegal. And we mm. would, we would meet on a Friday night and we have lots of games and Good fun, as we in Ireland would say about a crack, swimming, all that type of stuff. And they get to know each other. Um, And we would spend the Friday night, all day Saturday, really focusing our similarities. And then on the Sunday morning um, was when we looked at our differences. And the reason I set up like that was because by the time we looked at our differences, they didn't really matter, if that makes sense. Because the people got to know each other, how similar they were, how um, how much they shared in common. So the differences we looked at them in a completely different light, and as opposed to always looking at our differences. So I just wonder what you think. You know, going into the the Roaring Twenties, as some people's calling it, like and the way the internet can spread a movement so quickly, and the way that you know movements for good have happened over the past few years in a different way that we've. You know, as human beings, we've never experienced it in this new digital age, and you know, I just wonder one your thoughts on that, and maybe two, like any types of um, patterns that you're going to see that's going to disrupt the world with hope and goodness and peace and reconciliation.
1: Well, I just, I just want to say, um, Martha, when you're talking about that process that you did with the youth, I really think that's um, it's an amazing model because what we forget to is build that foundation first what we what yeah. we fail to do is is that groundwork in order to build relationship and that relationship is going to help you weather any of those differences yeah and i think uh there's there's a passage in our new book that you know we're our tendency is to jump right into the fire and then we're surprised when we get burned yeah and i and i think we we are tempted to wade into those most difficult things saying if we can't get across these get through these differences we're never going to build a relationship but i think that's wrong i think your model of building that relationship first is what helps you weather and bridge those differences yeah so when i look at when I look at trends, um, you know, the internet is a tool and it can be used well, uh, and it can, it can, uh, start movements and it can, it can create change. It can also be used, uh, poorly for disinformation and for, uh, for, for spreading hate in the world. Yeah. The, the tool itself, um, leaves me sort of neutral. I think what humans do with the tool is, is the important thing. And, you know i don't think we're ever going to find a world without conflict um i'm not that uh utopian i'm not that idealistic but m- my question always is when we find ourselves on the verge of this conflict when we find ourselves in the midst of this conflict what do we do next and so you know in my own town of bloomington minnesota where we used to live Mm-hmm. Uh, You know, a few years ago, somebody threw a pipe bomb at a mosque and uh mm-hmm. fortunately nobody was hurt, uh, although it was a hurtful experience. But the next day, over a thousand people from the community showed up and said and held a vigil. And they said, you know what? This isn't who we are. We're not about this kind of division. We're about uh, cooperation. We're about working together and supporting one another. And the tragedy. Uh, that give me hope is that it used to be when an injustice happened a lot of people would just sort of turn away and look the other direction and figure well this is not my fight but what i see more and more is when an injustice happens uh a huge body of people rise up and say no that's not okay this isn't Mm -hmm. who we are and i think that's what gives me hope because we're there will forever be injustices we hope that that the uh that they become smaller and lesser and, 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 and more infrequent. Uh, But, but part of making a more perfect union, uh, Mm -hmm. if you want to borrow some American language is responding to those injustices and finding a better path forward. And that's, that's what gives me hope.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I hear you about the internet as well. I suppose my, my heart, you know, this stage of my life is trying to help people, in every way a kind, I can to, to realise they bring something new to the world and they can bring something new to the world every day for good or bad. And and I think with the internet, we have this democratisation of participation that we've never had before. And I just, you know, just what you're saying makes me think of, you know, if people could just wake up tomorrow and realise that they are empowered, they have enough, they're doing enough, they are enough, and they can play a part in bringing, you know, peace and wholeness to this world and what i've found with a lot of conflict it's when people believe the opposite so whenever they they believe they don't have enough that someone's got more than them or they're not doing enough or whatever you know then they lose that narrative they lose that power of themselves to try and bring it to be who they are to the world you know and be that unique person um so i i'm always fascinated by how the internet's going to because um, what you say, if you go on Twitter, if you're looking for um, light and love and hope and possibility, it's there. If you're looking for people arguing with each other, <laughs> it's there in pockets that's there you as know. well, right yeah. yeah, so so for me like and it just you know, and it's sort of I'm going full circle because I want to ask you more about your creativity. It's just that ability to that we are born as creative human beings with full of unlimited unlimited potential. And I think what you do with your project, you're actually, you know, in the photography world, I'm no photographer, but I know in the photographer world you've got the composition. So you you you're you're setting a composition for people to realize that, hey, you are creative. You're playing a part in this. Um, and even your question, what does piece mean to you, actually, for me, when you ask that question, you're saying, yep, you're in this, you're part of this, and you're fully empowered to to participate in it.
1: Well, it's one of one of the things I love about the process of of meeting and talking with them. And, you know, we've interviewed people who marched with Dr. King back in the day. Mm -hmm. We've interviewed people who've been through the prison system, who have terminal diagnosis, who are undocumented immigrants, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, really a broad cross section of who we are as as human beings. And what I find interesting is that so often people will say, oh, you don't want to talk to me. I don't. I don't have anything to add. I'm not, I'm not that Mm -hmm. smart. I'm not that special. But when you sit down and you start unpacking their story and you start to their journey, um, you know, they are and they've got so much Mm -hmm. of value to share and um, having that platform to be able to talk about what's on our heart, to be able to talk about sort of our mission, vision and values in the world, I think is a really powerful place to be. And and my job as a journalist or my job as an artist, sort of create and hold that space where people recognize that they have power and they have worth and they have uh, value in the world and what they have to say is worth listening yeah. to. Love and that. I've never, you know, in these hundreds of interviews, um, I've never walked away from an interview thinking, well, that wasn't worth my time. You yeah. know, every every single one of them brings uh, wisdom and beauty into the mix. And I love that.
0: Are there any in particular that stand out to you that you've just like, boom, whoa? Oh, so, so many. Yeah. And,
1: um, you know, what, what continues to amaze me is when people find themselves in really difficult situations where, um, you know, hate would come easily. Yeah. That they choose not to hate or mm-hmm. uh, people ability to forgive the unforgivable. Uh, mm-hmm. These these stories sort of inspire and enlighten my understanding. Um, there's there's so many, but one in particular. uh is what we lead this new book with. And it's the story of Hashim Garrett who grew up in Brooklyn and he was a, he was a young kid and he was picked on a lot. And he, he wondered if maybe his tormentors would stop tormenting him if he befriended them. And so he did. And that, that worked out. okay. Eventually they started skipping school and they started stealing from a neighborhood store and they started hurting people. And he said that, For a while he loved people were afraid of him. When he was good, nobody knew his name, but when he was bad, everyone knew who he was. But eventually Hashim got into conflict with um, you know, these other gang members. He found himself in 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 a gang and he uh he was shot and paralyzed uh from the waist down. And he said when he was laying there on the sidewalk, he realized he didn't want to be feared, he wanted to be loved. And uh -hmm and now he's used this opportunity with young uh, young around making positive choices around making sure that they're, you know, uh, becoming uh, good citizens. And he says that he wants to love those who may not uh, love him back. And he wants to be kind to those who may not deserve his kindness. And when I, Mm -hmm. when I think about that quote, you know, it's really easy to love the ones who love us back, but when we can find yeah. a way to expand that compassion and that love into areas where not immediately reflected back to us, I think that's yeah. where we're standing on holy ground, and that's where we that's where we make
0: some transformative change. Yeah, yeah. There's quite a spiritual element to that, isn't there? Uh, sure there me. is, and and
1: and for me you know part of part of my motivation is my own understanding of of faith and what it mm-hmm. means to 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 love and to build community but you know i'm i'm the people i interview for this project they very often bring their faith to it but sometimes that's you know muslim christian jewish buddhist hindu mm-hmm. atheist agnostic i'm i'm interested in hearing from all all perspectives. And if if that means that it ties into your faith journey, well, then I'm really interested in hearing that. If it mm-hmm. ties into politics, then I'm interested in hearing that. If it ties into sort of this inner piece of of personal journey, I'm equally fascinated by that. I think when we bring our full selves to the conversation, we begin to see one another in new and powerful ways.
0: Love it. Mm-hmm. And if if there was a few things you could you know if there's a few pieces of advice you could give any of our listeners in different parts of the world, just about I mean, I love your question what peace what does peace mean to you like by asking themselves what does peace mean to you is there a few you know pieces of wisdom that you could add on to that,
1: <laughs> yeah, I think um, you know what I love about that question is that it really quickly uh opens up what's close to our heart. It really quickly sort of exposes what we value and 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 how we perceive the world around us. But as, yeah. as I've encountered folks from different backgrounds, and we've had these conversations, there are three things that sort of resonate. And you don't have to be in an RV traveling across the United States to find them. You can find them in your neighbors right next door. You can find them in your own community and um, your own relationships. But the 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 three simple tools that i think we can all access one is to to listen deeply you know yeah. to really be willing to hear what another person is saying and to be curious and to try to understand more deeply what it is yeah. they're talking about uh, the second is to challenge your own expectations yeah. you know we all come into the world with biases and they're really easy to spot in somebody else and a little harder to recognize in ourselves but um, but that willingness to challenge our expectations and consider new ways of seeing it is really key. And the third is simply uh, to keep showing up. Yeah, you know, to keep coming back to the table because all of these issues, uh, when we look at conflict, when we look at the need for reconciliation, Uh, I'm certainly no expert in in your history there in Northern Ireland, but here at the United States, our issues of race, our Mm -hmm. issues around immigration and and certainly politics, um, these are not easy fixes. These are not Mm -hmm. short-term solutions, and Mm -hmm. we're going to stumble along the way, but we have to be willing to come back to the table again and again to build that long relationship if we're going to find a path forward.
0: Yeah, I love that. It's really... That's good advice. I remember it's funny because how how our childhoods can shape us so much. Because I, I lived in a quite a Protestant um area when I was growing up. So I walked every day going to school for years. I walked past this like mural. Do you know what a mural is, like a large painting on the yeah, side yeah. of the wall. Yeah. And it used to say there was two gunmen on it, and then there was like the blue sky on it. And it used to say we will never forsake the blue skies of Ulster for the gray mists of an Irish Republican or Irish Republic. And Mm. I, like as a child, like I didn't notice the gun, man. I just thought those poor people must get really bad weather down there. (laughs) 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 Like where, where I lived and I grew up, the weather was raining every day. We have the worst weather. Like, and so all I was thinking was, Oh my gosh, they must get so much rain if, if, our, if we have blue skies and all they have is grey mist. But this was a narrative that was put in my head like every day for the most of my childhood. And it's funny how it affects you because I ended up, or we ended up living in West Cork in the south of Ireland for seven years. And I have to tell you something, John, the weather is far better down there. <laughs> like the sun shines so much more. I've, I'd i always a suntan. But it was really funny because there was this narrative of like this um, evil, dark Republic of Ireland and we had to protect ourselves against it. But that was just a narrative. Like that was just such a narrow narrative. And uh, what you said about challenging your own expectations, that's just been such a part of me. Um, Because when I asked myself, like, what does peace mean to me? And peace means to me when I'm at the age of, knowledge and competence which is why i've traveled so much i love meeting people that are completely different to me um, because that's where i learn and that's where i grow and a lot of time that's where i'm most peaceful so so it's very interesting how our childhood and how our you know how our um the way we grow up and our environment can shape us and we do have to take chances to go with that sometimes and meet people who are different And I see just what you're doing, you're bringing people together that are are different and trying to get them to see, you know, a bigger picture of who they are.
1: Well, and I think we, you know, when when those narratives are are formed in our childhood, sometimes they get so large in our mind that we don't even we don't even know to challenge them. And and so I think it needs a, a constant process of self-reflection to do that. And I'll tell you that all of these conversations I have uh, continue to point out my blind spots to me, Yeah, you know, continue to point out things that I've not considered before. And I think that's, I mean, that's just human growth. That's something not to be feared, but something to aspire towards. And, uh, and every time uh, I have those aha moments, I feel like I understand the world in better ways. And I make I make new connections with folks, and and that's a process that um, that's a process that I love and I value.
0: Yeah, I love that. And it's a it's really a mindset as well, isn't it? It's like when you go on vacation to a new country, you you become an explorer, you become a Sherlock Holmes type person. And it's it's really a mindset to do that in our normal lives, isn't it? To create that beginner's mindset and be open to to, to the change and the difference around us. I love that.
1: I think so. I think it's a mindset. I think it's a discipline. And I think it's a, it's a practice. You know, I have a Mm -hmm. good friend, Joe Davis. He's a spoken word artist in North Minneapolis. And Mm -hmm. he, he says that we do best what we do most, you know? And so you, you have to exercise those muscles. You have to exercise that mindset. And when, um, when you do those muscles get stronger and pretty soon, um, you know, at first it might be awkward, but you keep exercising that process of looking for the good, looking for the beauty, and looking for the connections, and all of a sudden you you see them everywhere, and you can't yeah. help but see them. But that has to be an intentional process to get to
0: that yeah. point. Love that. Hey, listen, when I when I heard your story, I thought that would be amazing to do that, and then I thought, how would my wife survive a year? <laughs> <And then> I- <laughs>
1: living in a little rolling box with you huh? yeah
0: with me so like well have you learned about peace and reconciliation with your wife during the last year <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh you're a wise man and of course of course it doesn't matter who you're with or how much you love them when you live 24 7 in 280 square feet <laughs> in a rolling box you get you get close and you you yeah. bump up against each other sometimes and and you have to recognize when that's happening. Yeah. And you have to say, hey, look, uh, I'm going to go for a little walk. I'm going to yeah. go get a little bit of space. Or why don't you go for a walk for a little while and don't <laughs> hurry back? You know, we, we, we have we have this rhythm. And, you know, I I am part extrovert and I love to be around people. But I'm also part introvert and I have to have that that quiet time to heal. And so we recognize that in one another and we have to create that space. And when, again, we've got, we've got more than 30 years of history together, Karen and Mm -hmm. I, and we have been through, difficult times and we have found our way through it and so Mm -hmm. you have that history and that understanding that okay yeah we're going to bump against each other once in a while but you know what there's more than that that doesn't define Mm -hmm. us so we can let that go and we can come back together um you know and uh and still travel together in a little rolling box
0: nice (laughs) hey karen you're a saint if you're listening to this Um.
1: (laughs) she is indeed (laughs) <laughs> but, i mean she's not listening but she will and she yeah. uh, she is a saint
0: yeah well hey this conversation has been amazing do you want to tell us a little about your book your new book coming out book yeah uh, portraits i'd love of hope to. Or I'd, sorry I'd portraits love of to. peace
1: yeah. yeah yeah portraits of peace searching for hope in a divided america yeah. it um you know i spent 12 years on this project a piece of my mind basically and intentionally quieting my voice so that I could amplify others' voices, so that we could focus on what they had to say. But eventually, I realized that through this process, I had something I wanted to say too, that I found myself in this really unique position of being able to travel and meet all of these fascinating people who'd found these uh, amazing ways to build healing in the world. And I realized I had something to say about encountering difference and challenging my own expectations and being a better ally and so that's that's what this new book is it Mm -hmm. ties in my personal journey of of traveling and meeting these folks uh, Mm -hmm. along with some of the wisdom of these amazing folks along the way and so this book just came out uh, September 21st with Broadleaf Books and uh, is is available wherever people love to to buy books and it's You know, I know your listeners are from all over the world and these stories Mm -hmm. are taken from uh, the United States, but it's got a broader worldview than that. It's got some universal truth people have found to bridge divides and build community. And um, really, we've we've got a discussion guide with it. And really what I hope is that this book and this collection of stories can encourage people to have conversations about where they can build those connections in their own world.
0: Brian, thank you so much. And where can people catch up with you or contact you?
1: Yeah, so our website is, um, you can either spell it all out, a apieceofmymind.net, it's mm-hmm. P-E-A-C-E, or you can just use the acronym APOMM.net. Mm-hmm. And that'll link you to our website where we share new stories regularly. Uh, there's a contact page where people can reach out. Um and it uh it links to all of our social media where we post regularly. Brilliant.
0: And if they're if they're stuck in a one-lane highway and traffic behind a large RV, it, uh, <laughs> it might be me. And try to be
1: a little peaceful when you uh when you look at that big thing in front of you. <laughs> it's, it's
0: you and Corin. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> it could be, it could be.
0: Brilliant. Hi hey, Lesson, thanks so much for the conversation, John. Um blessings in all you do. You you're you're uh an encouragement and and it's such i mean reconciliation is such a huge part of what we need at the minute in the world so thank you for all you're doing it's amazing it's, uh
1: it's great to talk with you i appreciate yeah. you uh taking the time and um blessings to you as well
0: no problem take care john god bless you too bye-bye bye. bye-bye